What's going on guys? It's Nick here. Back in the video, we've got 15 games to go over as part of an incredibly important week 14. Before we do that, a quick note on potential weather concerns this week. Um, we're still definitely too far out, so of course I recorded this on Wednesdays for Thursday upload. That's still too far away to know for sure in these spots, but three games I wanted to mention that you should definitely check on Sunday to see what the latest report is, is Jaguars at Browns looks potentially rainy, potentially windy, not the worst spot of the week, but it looks like it could be bad. Then both of the Texans at Jets game and the Rams at Ravens game. Both of those two, as of right now, look very rainy and very windy, which would be very bad for everyone except for the defenses in fantasy. So not saying you can't play people from those games. We'll talk about that when we get to those games, and we still need to verify all the weather on Sunday morning, but please keep those three in mind. Again, Texans at Jets, Rams at Ravens, uh, and then the Jaguars at the Browns game. So noting that, let's start things off as usual. Thursday night game, Patriots at Steelers. Probably, at least off my memory, the lowest total game of the season, 30. So when we see a total in years prior, a total below four, we were like, oh my goodness, what a pathetic game. This season, upper 30s is a little bit more likely as offenses have been worse because of how defenses have been playing with also all these injuries at quarterback. But 30, no matter what the year, is dreadful. Steelers, five and a half point home favorites as well. So not a lot of production expected in the Thursday night game. You know, something we come to expect at this point. The Patriots, uh, they are nearly a touchdown road underdog in the lowest total game of the season. So that is obviously a very bad spot. They'll be without Stevenson. Bourne's done for the year. My guess is Merrill Douglas isn't going to play, but check his status. Uh, and they're going to have backup quarterback play, and their starting quarterback was basically a backup as well. So Zeke is the only player that you can really consider on that side of the ball. And I mean, right now he's been running back 21, and it's definitely possible because right? maybe you had him up free agency. He was one of your last picks. You've been stashing for a while. You might just have three better running backs, and you're like, eh, I don't need to go there this week. But running back 21 makes him viable simply because they're going to use him. They still want to run the ball a ton. If they ever find a way inside the 10-yard line, he's getting the ball, so he's still the most likely to score, only projecting one touchdown, but he's the most likely to score a touchdown because they're also probably not going to score a long touchdown. Uh, but I mean, look at the game logs for the Patriots. They're probably going to score less than 10 points. It's going to be ugly. You really don't need to play anyone, but he's pretty locked into some points. Again, low end running back two. Don't need to play anyone else. For the Steelers side, um, it helps at their favorites, right? It's a 30 point total. So you got to keep that in the context of everything. Yes, they are five and a half point home favorites, but with a 30 point total, they're still only projected to score 1.7 offensive touchdowns. And the Patriots side is still going to make this a very gross game. Their defense isn't amazing, but they're going to play slow. They're going to run the ball a ton. They're going to try and keep this game honestly to like 15 combined points and hope they can win a field goal contest, right? So you're not streaming Trubisky. Um, honestly, no one is appealing on this side of the ball, but Warren's my running back, 25. Najee, 31. Pickens, wide receiver, 36. Deontay, 42. Firemuth, tight end, 12. So it's like everyone is technically viable all on the fringes. But when we talk about fringe plays, in a game with a 30-point total, a fringe play loses to someone else. So if you've got two players, one of them plays in this game, one of them plays in pretty much any other game this week. Lean towards the other player. This is not a good game environment. Not when we expect multiple players to play well or really anyone to play well. Sunday games kick off with Panthers at Saints. Low, 
37 and a half point total saints five and a half point home favorites the panthers uh there's next to nothing the saints are the worst matchup in the league for running back receptions they also limit wide receiver volume a lot uh they limit catch rate more than most other teams so the panthers don't have a good matchup of course they're also in a similar spot as new england as you know road underdogs nearly touchdown road underdogs in a very low total game which makes it even worse you can be you know road touchdown dog if the total is 50 when the total is under 40 you're not expected to score very many points and of course touchdowns are important for fantasy production feeling is flex viable uh, and basically the hopes that his volume will return chuba is flex viable if you need a running back in the flex in the hopes that he scores a touchdown uh jonathan mingo is viable in like i would say deeper full ppr formats um tough to know if like the split between him and Thielen is like here to stay where it's like almost the you know, last two weeks Mingo's been used more than I'm Thielen. My guess is like on average, we're still going to see Thielen used more. But I think the fact that we're even questioning this kind of makes you look at both of them and be like, well, now neither one of you are all that could have played. So deeper leagues, full PPR leagues, leagues where you've got three wide receivers, leagues where you have two flex spots. That's where I'd start to look at these two. Uh, we got no skill player on this team ranks inside the top 25 at their position. I would be fine benching all of them. For the Saints side, uh, Carolina is a smash matchup for running backs and now rank third worst in yards per carry allowed over expected. Uh, they boost rushing volume at the sixth highest rate. They allow the third highest opponent rushing touchdown percentage. So Kamara in a great spot. And that extends to Taysom Hill too, right? He's a tight end technically, but he plays a ton of running back. And if the matchup is really good for running backs for efficiency of touchdowns, it's also good for Taysom Hill. So uh, with Carr also potentially out, he grades out as a mid-range tight end one. Definitely someone I'd be looking to play this week. Beyond those two, um, Olave has a bad matchup, especially for like volume and efficiency. But um, you got Michael Thomas injured. Shahid, even if he plays, is banged up. Winston's potentially starting. Like I just think even with the matchup, you kind of have to play Chris Olave right now. Uh, so I would say Kamara, Hill, Olave should all be in starting lineups. I'd probably bench everyone else. Um, and I would not stream Winston. Some people uh, you know, asked about Winston being like, you know, you're, you're high in his potential fantasy. And I am. This isn't really the greatest spot for him, though. They're going to walk into this matchup and be like, okay, as long as we don't screw up on offense, we're going to win this game. And so they should play it safe. Uh, they should run the ball a lot, especially when they get close. Um, I want Winston in a game where maybe they're trailing. He's forced to be aggressive. They don't want him to be aggressive in the spot. I wouldn't play him. It's just, it's too much risk. There's a good streaming option. There's a few good streaming options this week. You don't need to play Winston. Next up, we've got Rams at Ravens, 40.5 point total. Rams, seven point. Ravens, Ravens, seven point home favorites. For the Rams side, awful matchup for wide receiver efficiency. Good one for volume on average. Remember, this is one of the games we're checking for weather. If it's super rainy and super windy, now you've got a terrible matchup for wide receiver efficiency, and we can expect the volume to be low. That is awful. For the pass catchers, no team allows a lower uh, wide receiver catch rate than expected in Baltimore. Only one team limits yards per reception more. Not a good spot. A very, very bad spot. Maybe the worst spot for Puka, for Cooper Cup to be efficient. And if the rain's bad, the wind's bad. It's probably the first week where I would consider benching both of them. I'm going to have to make that call. So last week I had to decide between starting Cooper Cup, and I think it was Josh Downs and Sutton. I ended up going with Cooper Cup, who it would actually be very close between him and Sutton who scored more. But I went with Cup being like, I'm going to ride Cup. I'm going to go down with the ship. 
if it happens that he's bad again, it happens. I'd rather lose with a couple of my starting lineup. This week, if the weather is as bad as they're kind of expecting, and you can see that when I adjust the rankings, you'll see exactly where I move them. I will actually consider benching Cooper Cup this week, but it would take bad weather. Like if the weather was fine, I would still just go down with the ship and play him. Um, beyond those two, in the same kind of extent for Puka, beyond those two, play Kyron. I don't care if it's like a monsoon. Like you just got to play Kyron Williams. He's getting incredible volume. He's performing really well. Great role in the red zone. Like you just, you have to play those two. And again, check the rankings, honestly. End of the week or ask me in Discord. Again, it's free. Link in the description. Um, what I'm doing with Cup and Puka. But right now, my lean is maybe towards not playing them. Then for the Ravens side, um, they don't escape the weather, obviously. But they get a much better matchup overall. They're coming off their bye. They're at home. They're expected to win. I think they're going to play pretty well overall. I would still start Lamar this week. Um, Flowers is kind of like a flex play. Um, target share goes up with Mark Andrews not playing, obviously, rest of season. Because we know Isaiah Likely is not going to command high target share. Uh, we know the overtime Flowers is their top wide receiver. Someone they want to scheme looks to can command targets. So I'd play him in the flex. Better in full PPR, but I'd play him in the flex. Um, and then I'd say Likely, same thing as before. We talked about, um, not last week, but the last time they played. And that, like, if you lost Mark Andrews, you added Likely. That's who you're rolling with right now. I don't think I'd go to free agency and try and pick up another tight end just because I'm saying he doesn't command targets. Doesn't mean he's not going to get like five to seven looks, mostly designed, pretty highly efficient looks. Um, I think that's solid as a tight end, relatively likely to score a touchdown or at least among tight ends. Uh, so I think I'd play him. Uh, and again, it would be if you picked him up to stream. Like if you've had Hawkinson, you have Dallas Goddard returning, you know, you've got one of these top end tight ends. We're not playing likely, but if you added him because he lost Andrews, I'd probably just keep rolling with him. Uh, big question is with the running backs. Uh, Gus is always a threat to score multiple touchdowns. He remains their goal line back. He will be the one that is in there at the goal line, but he's only played 38% and 27% of the snaps in back-to-back -back weeks before their bye, and who knows what's going to happen post-bye. I mean, typically post-bye, it's a bump for rookies, uh, so... Mitchell should be expected to be the lead back this week unless we get news that he is not. I'm only expecting maybe like 8 to 10 carries for Gus with potential for the low end. He can only be in that like 6 to 8 carry range, maybe a target. So if he doesn't score, he could legitimately score like 2 or 3 full PPR points. So understand that the floor is very low, even in, in standard half PPR. A very, very scary floor for Gus this week. Unfortunately, Mitchell is in a very similar spot because I said before, Gus is going to take the goal line work. And it's not like Mitchell's going to go out there and have like six receptions, right? So Mitchell will be more efficient. I'm expecting more volume. But if we kind of remove those touchdowns and give them to Gus, now both of them grade out as running backs 32 and 33. So fringe plays, um, maybe they lean more at the running backs if the weather is bad. Uh, but they're not amazing plays. And you're kind of kind of have to just get lucky with the touchdowns. And if the touchdowns flow through Gus, we could see a situation where Gus still, even with a touchdown, scores like 10 points. And then Mitchell doesn't score a touchdown and scores like eight. And you're like, huh, right? So it's it's a tough spot. Um, kind of depends on what you have. I don't know that I'd want to play either one in the flex. It would want to come in a running back spot. Next up, we've got Colts at Bengals. 40-point total, Colts one-point road favorites for the Colts. Uh, the Bengals are a great matchup for tight ends. Uh, they allow really high efficiency to wide receivers in terms of yards per reception. Fifth best matchup for running back yards per carry. So a really good spot for the Colts. Um, Colts won't take advantage of the tight end matchup, but Pittman, Moss, and great spots once again. I know uh, that Moss, uh, Pittman had a great week last week, but Moss did not 
Uh, he had 19 carries, two receptions, didn't score many fantasy points because he didn't score and he wasn't super efficient with those touches. But he played 94% of the offensive snaps. He had eight carries inside the 15-yard line, six of those coming inside the 10. The role was incredible, and it has been incredible in any game that JT has missed, which he will again this week. I would keep him a starting lineup. I know he didn't play well last week. I know it was frustrating. The volume was there. The opportunity was there. Everything was there. Snaps was there. And we've seen him go off in the past. He could dud again. But like when you have running back playing 94% of the offensive snaps, who's getting receiving game work, who's getting goal line work, and it's in a great matchup, like you just you have to play them and live with the results that they post. Um, so again, start Pittman, start Moss. I think you can stream Minshew as well. He should have pretty high efficiency this week. He's always capable of scoring a rushing touchdown with his legs. We'll go over why I slightly prefer Jake Browning, though, when we talk about the Bengals. Um, but good streaming option. Miss out on Browning. Go with Minshew. For the Bengals, um, also really good matchup. Colts were pretty bad defense. That's why you know we've got two backup quarterbacks in this game. It's the year of the backup quarterback, right? But two backup quarterbacks, and we still have a relatively decent total like for this season if you have two backup quarterbacks you'd expect like a 33 35 point total being at 40 i've seen it at 41 that's still pretty decent we're still expecting some level of offensive production in this spot um start your studs start chase start mixing um again i lean browning over Minshew just because the matchup is a little bit better for browning he's playing at home um and he has just the better skill players around him like jamar chase is better then Pittman. Pittman's playing great, but he's still better. Uh, the run game is better, um, especially in the receiving game, which is what we care about for Browning. Um, I don't love T. Higgins right now, but he's still probably better than Josh Downs. So it's just, it's a better situation around him. I would play Browning, but it's so close that if you lean Minshew or like you already have Minshew and you don't feel like making the waiver claim, you don't have to. Um, so those are the plays generally, but um, decision point with Higgins, I just wouldn't play him until he plays good. Like Higgins is a risk to get re-injured. He's a risk to just not play well. It's a good spot. He could have a good game, but the odds are you have not been rolling with T. Higgins up to this point uh, in a must win. I don't think you're just like shoving him in your starting lap. Next up, we've got the Jaguars at the Browns. Very low. Again, 30 and a half point total, so half a point higher than that Patriots game. Uh, Browns three-point home favorites. Trevor Lawrence likely out of the spot. That is why the Browns are favored. Uh, that is why the total is so low. For the Jaguars, so we got C.J. Beathard probably starting. We've got Christian Kirk out. Um, we've got the Browns, I would say, effectively tied with Baltimore as two of the strongest pass defenses in the NFL. It's a horrible spot for the Jaguars this week. Um, also a spot we could potentially see bad weather in. So no one is a must-play. You're probably playing ETN. He's been running back 12. I'd be pretty surprised if you had three better running back options. Um, good touchdown ceiling, even if the yards maybe won't be there. Um, I, I would play Travis ETN. Uh, Ingram is my 10 and 13. I might move that down, though, because the Browns are just awesome at defending tight ends. Like, no tight ends do anything against the Browns. He's coming off the good game, I know. Um, finally scored a touchdown, but the touchdown still came outside the red zone. He's no role in the red zone. I, I wouldn't play Evan Ingram this week. And then Ridley, wide receiver 35. I know you'd expect to see him higher with Christian Kirk probably out, but they're probably going to focus on him, right? They have a great pass defense. They are probably going to hyper-focus on Calvin Ridley this week. You've got a backup quarterback. You've got a very low total. I just wouldn't go there. I, I wouldn't play Calvin Ridley. I really think the only person you're starting here is Travis Etienne. 
Then for the Brown side, uh, the Jaguars have a really, really strong run defense. But as we went over with Mixon last week, the way to attack them with running backs is through the air. It's the number one matchup for receiving production for running backs. Um, I don't know why Hunt is being used so much. Like, it's pretty obvious that Jerome Ford is the better running back. You, you watch Kareem Hunt play, and he's running like he's got Jerome Ford on his back. Like, it's, it's crazy how slow that he's running. But they are kind of splitting, and Hunt kind of gets the goal line work. So, terrible situation, but maybe Ford can end up being a good play if he can kind of rack up some receptions in this matchup. Ultimately, he's running back 26 right now, so in play, but... You might not have to go there as well. Uh, for the passing game, all depends on Amari Cooper. Um, if he's able to play, I'd probably play him, um, kind of like a flex option. And then Elijah Moore would be a lower-end flex option, someone I might want in like the second flex spot. Uh, if Amari Cooper is out, we're going to get another week where Joe Flacco is dropping back. He is chucking balls to Elijah Moore. Most of those will be uncatchable. He'll have a billion air yards. Many of them will not be realized, but... You probably have to play him in the flex because if someone is going to have over 200 air yards as a clear feature weapon on their offense, sometimes they're going to hit really big. And even last week, like he missed on a ton of the targets. He still had what, four for 83 or something like that off the top of my head. Um, I, I would play him in the flex if Cooper's out. And then um, Njoku, honestly, Njoku becomes an even stronger play. He, he's a good play in general. Like Njoku is just kind of like a mid range, low end tight end one. You're hoping the touchdown volume will finally be there. He gets used a ton, but he doesn't spend scoring. Um, but if Cooper's out as well, they're just going to have to design some looks to Njoku. Um, I would definitely play him, especially if Cooper's out. Next up, lines at Browns, or lines at Bears. Just talked about the Browns. Lines at Bears, 40.5 point total. Lions, three point road favorites. For the Lions, uh, the Bears are just an awful matchup for running back rushing volume. They also limit wide receiver yards perception more than any other team. But, Running backs are highly efficient against them through the air. It's also a very strong spot for tight end catch rate. With that being said, the Lions are one of those teams where I don't really care all that much. It's like the Lions. This is off the top of my head. I'll leave a team out. But the Lions, the 49ers, and the Dolphins. Those are the teams where it's like, I don't really care who they're playing. Play everyone. Some people have better matchups. will be more likely to go off. But you got to play them all. So Gibbs, Montgomery, um, Andre St. Brown, uh, Sam Laporta. I would start all of them. Goff is basically what he always is. There's always a risk that he doesn't do anything on the ground every week. That's not a risk. That's a reality. Um, but that maybe Dave Montgomery runs for two and Gibbs runs for one. They score five touchdowns, but you know he only scores two. Or maybe they score three touchdowns and all of them are rushing. And now he's got you know 210 passing yards, but no touchdowns. And that's kind of just randomness. It's not something you can totally predict. But it's a strong possibility on a team with such good running back. So he remains risky, but he is ahead of the Browning Minshew love range. I would still play Jared Goff ahead of the streaming options this week. Then for the Bears, almost the same story. It's kind of weird how the matchups kind of um, correlate. I don't think correlates right where, but they kind of match up pretty well together. Um, bad matchup for running backs all around, so both on the ground and through the air. Um, but the matchup is better for wide receivers and tight ends. Um, Bears use a running back by committee, so I wouldn't play any of the running backs unless you like desperately need to, but I, I truly would not. Uh, and then just start Fields, start DJ Moore, start Cole Clement. They're less likely than the Lions pieces to go off, but it's also, the, the spread's actually closer than people are expecting. It's only three points, and the Bears are at home, so they can win this game. But my guess is that the Bears get up, 
or that the uh, the Lions get up, the Bears are kind of playing from behind, and you get a spot where we see elevated volume from the Bears passing attack. And if it's only flowing through DJ Moore and Cole Kement, both these two have very high ceilings, low floors, but I think I would play both them and Fields this week. Bucks at Falcons is up next. 39-point total. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point home favorites. For the Bucks, Atlanta is a good matchup for tight ends, neutral to poor one for everyone else. So not a very good spot for Tampa Bay this week. Um, I think you're starting their core every week, and their core at this point is Mike Evans as just a man on a mission this season. Like He is playing so good. I just... Rest of season, I don't see how you could possibly bench Mike Evans. Uh, And then Rashad White, who has been the third most featured running back in the entire NFL over the last four weeks. His role is great. The touchdowns are finally starting to be there. Like, you got to play White. You got to play Evans. Any matchup. And I don't think I would play anyone else, really. Um, We saw Godwin score a touchdown last week, but it was rushing. And did he even have a catch? Like, the volume is throwing through Evans and White. Play those two. No one else. And I wouldn't stream the quarterback. Then for the Falcons, um, Bucks are a really good matchup for wide receivers because teams typically look at them and are like, well, this is the best way to attack, so why don't we do that? Uh, Arthur Smith would actually have to like, you know, design a play for a wide receiver, though, for that to work, and so I wouldn't get your hopes up with anyone. Um, the Falcons are by far, or have by far, the least expected fantasy points flow through wide receivers, which is just a function of volume and where that volume is coming. Wide receivers don't get volume. They don't get thrown to on the Falcons. They don't use their wide receivers. And so even if London had 100% of the Bucks wide receiver volume, then that would be equivalent to less than half the volume on six different teams. Like, think about that. If he had all the wide receiver volume, he's the only wide receiver that went out there, went out there only one that ever got a target, there would still be six teams in the NFL where that is equivalent to less than half of their wide receiver volume. They don't throw to wide receivers, even in a good matchup. He doesn't have an amazing ceiling. Uh, He grades out as a wide receiver 28 because of the matchup. Um, But as you know, the floor with London is obviously zero, and you can't play any of their other wide receivers. Um, Bijan is honestly the only Falcons player that I would feel good about using. Um, If you had to use Pitts, I think it'd be fine, because let's be honest, tight end is prey for a touchdown anyways. Um, But yeah, I mean, the only one I'd want to play is Bijan. Final 1 o'clock game is going to be Texans at Jets. Low 33-point total, thanks to the Jets being trash and the weather concerns. Texans, 5.5-point road favorites. For Texans, uh, the Jets obviously have a very strong pass defense. um, And, you know, if this game is going to be rainy, going to be windy, we shouldn't expect very many dropbacks from the Texans. And if we limit dropbacks and then we also limit efficiency, you know, not a great spot for their pass catchers, even with Tank Dell done for the season. Schultz banged up. Like, I just don't see them throwing the ball a ton. They'll probably lean on the ground game. They'll probably know that the Jets, with now Zach Wilson back at quarterback, are, I mean, let's be honest, unlikely to score in the double digits for points. The Texans got to know if they score 15, 16 points, they probably win the game. So why would you be aggressive through the air if that's the best thing for them and the weather's not going to be great? So running backs are the most appealing. Problem is, Pierce goes back to, you know, nearly out-touching Singletary 2-1 to last week, gets the goal line work, and so now it's like, okay, I thought Singletary was the one you wanted to lean on. Now we're going back to Damian Pierce. It's a rough spot. Um, I'd be careful with all Texans players this week. Nico, 
I think you probably are playing him. He grades out still 17th right now. We'll see if I kind of change that throughout the week. But right now, I still think I'd play Nico because he's like the only player they're going to throw to on offense. Um, but it's a tough week for the Texans. I really just, it'd be okay benching every single one of them. Then for the Jets side, uh, the Texans are a poor matchup for wide receiver volume and running back efficiency. Um, they obviously have to deal with the weather too. Um, Zach Wilson's back at quarterback, so that's not great. Um, they're basically a lower version of what they typically are. So typically we say Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, start them, bench everyone else. Now it's Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, probably start them like you probably are, but they're definitely just low-end twos, so wide receiver running back twos respectively. Um, and if you had to bench them, I think it would be okay. Four o'clock games kick off with Seahawks at 49ers. Uh, relatively high for this season, 46.5 point total, 49ers 10.5 point home favorites. The Seahawks, uh, San Fran is a poor matchup for running backs, poor matchup for tight ends, but a good one for wide receivers. You're starting DK Metcalf, and you could start Lockett in the flex. Um, he hasn't been amazing this season. He only grades out as my wide receiver 32. The ceiling kind of hasn't been there, but they're projected to be trailing most of this game. He's always a threat to score a long touchdown. If you had to use him in the flex, it would be fine. Probably better as a wide receiver three or second flex play. Uh, and then JSN, similar, but basically a lower end version of Tyler Lockett. The volume has been up recently. And I wouldn't be shocked if he went out there and had, you know, eight or nine targets, caught like six or seven for six or, 60 or 70 yards, maybe adds on a touchdown and has a good game. So if you had to play him, I think it's fine. Um, I don't know. It's just like he and Lockett are just like, eating into each other's workload a little bit too much. I would prefer to bench them both and just play Metcalf, but for either one of them, if you had to, it's fine. Um, for the running backs, depends on Ken Walker. If he's able to play, you're probably starting him and benching Zach Charbonnet, um, but he wouldn't be an amazing play. Um, if he's out again, Charbonnet would probably be another player you're just, or have another week of him where it's like not a great matchup, but you're probably streaming it. Um, just because, you know, the rushing volume would be there. He'd be who they use at the goal line. He'd add on a few receptions and you kind of add all of that up. And it's like, even in a bad game, it's decent production. You'd probably play him. Play, honestly, whichever one starts at running back too. Oh, and Gino doesn't project well, but he didn't project well last week and went off. So kind of up to you with Gino. Um, I, he's in that same range as Browning at as Minshew. It's honestly very close. I don't have the decision, so I really don't know which one I would go with. I think it's just a personal preference. They project very similarly. If you have, you know, Gino, you want to stick with them. You don't want to add Browning or Minshew. Totally fine. Do that. Um, but it really just is your call. They're so close. 49ers side, uh, just start their studs every week. McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle should all be in starting lineups. Purdy, too, should be in the starting lineup. Projects as a quarterback 10 ahead of the streaming options this week. Um, not all will go off, but all are set up really well. Next up, we've got Vikings at Raiders, 40.5 point total, Vikings three-point road favorites. For the Vikings, uh, they are going to start Dobbs, and then Justin Jefferson is going to be back this week. So good news for the entire offense overall. Um, uh, well, good news for the offense overall. I guess bad news if you like have Jordan Addison. You don't probably want Jefferson back, uh, but the offense will be better because of it. Everyone will be more efficient, just Volume will drop off. I think Jefferson, Hawkinson have to start them. Addison right now is grading out as my wide receiver 30. So that's like wide receiver three flex range. Depends what you have. Uh, Madison on the fringes as well. Running back 27. Again, depends what you have with those two. Nothing indicates they're going to be like amazing plays. So I'd be fine benching them. But again, depends. Uh, toughest call honestly is with Dobbs. 
And while he projects well uh, and definitely has a really high ceiling, I'm personally, as of right now, going, I added Browning, but I would go with Browning or Minshew over Dobbs. It's something that I could probably flip-flop later in the week. Um, I just think like just because of the risk that he is benched, that's tough, right? In a must-win situation, if there's a chance, because they were mulling over like who they were going to start this week, if he goes out there and throws two picks and they do bench him, that can just crater your lineup in a way that I don't think Browning or Minshew can. So I think the floors are just a little bit higher on Browning and Minshew, and so I'd go with them. Uh, but you know, if you're projected to lose by 20 and you're like, who has the higher ceiling because I just need that? Well, Dobbs has the higher ceiling, right? He's got Justin Jefferson. He's got better skill players. He's playing in a decent a game environment that could definitely pop off. Um, higher ceiling, but again, I'm not going to go there personally. Then for the Raiders, um, start Jacobs, start Adams like usual, Myers and the wide receiver, 36 right now. Uh, the Vikings are a really strong matchup for wide receivers though. And so if you had to play Myers, I'd be totally fine with that. Um, his target share has definitely taken a hit more recently. Um, it was really high to start the season, been kind of trailing off, especially now that they're going with a O'Connell. Um, but I do, you know, expect him to have a relatively decent game. He's had a good red zone role on the team. Uh, again, if you had to play him the flex, I think that's fine. Next up, we've got one of the two best games of the week. Bills at Chiefs, 47.5 point total. Chiefs, 2.5 point home favorites. For the Bills, uh, Chiefs are a really tough matchup. They also play better in Arrowhead, which is where the game is being played. So, tough spot for the Bills. Um, definitely want to be, like, sticking to their better players. It is a game that could pop off, and so... You know, we always talk about game environment. If you've got a game that has the potential to drop, you know, 60 combined points, well, now these secondary players kind of become better plays. Unfortunately, I don't know. I mean, it's a really difficult spot for the Bills. And the fringe player, effectively, we're talking about here, is Gabe Davis, who went off last week, 100 yards and a touchdown, but had zero receptions on two targets in two of the three weeks before that. And so, you're really playing with like the definition of a boom-bust play when you're looking at Gabe Davis, and that's just got to come down to what do you want with that spot? Like, Do you want someone who's going to walk out there and definitely get you like eight or nine? Don't play Gabe Davis. If you want someone that could potentially score zero and is relatively likely to score zero points but could score 30, play Gabe Davis. It's just got to come down to what you want. Um, again, play the studs, obviously. Play Diggs. Play Allen. Um I would play Kincaid if Knox is going to still be out. I haven't seen any news on that, but if, if Knox is going to still be out, I'd play Kincaid. Um, and then it, it's a tough call with uh, James Cook. Depends on what running backs you have. I will say this, though. If we get word that Leonard Fournette is going to play this week, as soon as that ever happens, I would get James Cook out of starting lineups because then there's a risk that, like, Fournette takes all the goal line work, so now James Cook's just, like, not going to score a touchdown. And maybe he's just used more on the ground, and James Cook kind of goes to, like, a more pass-catching back, and they don't throw to running backs all that much. So it'd be a very risky play for James Cook if Fournette plays. But if Fournette is still inactive, I think he's running back, too. I think he can play him. Obviously, talking about Cook there. On the Chiefs' side, um, play Mahomes, Pacheco, Kelsey. Um, I don't think Pacheco practiced today, so watch his practice report. I don't think it's anything. I think they said shoulder contusion. I think he's going to be fine. I think it's just kind of a rest day. Uh, but obviously, like, you know, if he's a DNP on Thursday and Friday, like, he's probably not going to play. So definitely check that. Um, I don't think it would open anything up. I mean, it would technically be Clyde, but I don't know. I mean, maybe if McKinnon was active, you could play him in full PPR leagues. But we want Pacheco to play and to play him and not to go to the secondary running backs. Uh, and then Rasheed Rice is up to my wide receiver 19 this week. He has 10 and 9 targets over the last two weeks. He's caught 
16 of those 19 targets for over 170 and a score. Like he's finally, I don't know what took them so long, but finally being used as their top wide receiver. I am comfortable playing him this week. Even a tough matchup against Buffalo, like they're going to have to throw it. He's going to have to be used. I think I play him. Final four o'clock game is going to be Broncos at Chargers. 44-point total, Chargers, three-point home favorites. For the Broncos, uh, the Chargers are a positive matchup all around, but are most easily attacked through the air. Sutton is the only wide receiver getting enough volume to really trust, though, and the tight ends aren't super involved. So I play Sutton in the flex. Um, Javonta Williams, solid as a low-end running back, too. He's 12th in expected fantasy points per game over the last month. Denver never really runs for touchdowns. It definitely hurts him. But he sees enough volume. Um, it's definitely a winnable game for Denver. And if they can, you know, win the game, obviously it's better for the running back. Uh, potentially higher uh, rush attempt totals. Uh, potentially more likely than to use him by the goal line. Because if they're winning more, um, just better chance of scoring a touchdown. Um, but yeah, he's he's still inefficient. He's still not like an amazing play. Just a running back too. And then Russ is fine as a streaming option. Um, I wouldn't expect a big game. So if you need the ceiling, I wouldn't go there. Uh, but he should score in like the mid to upper teens. Um, I just, like I don't think he's scoring 25 this week. Then for the Chargers, uh, Denver's a dream matchup for running backs. A great matchup for tight ends. A poor one for wide receiver volume. Doesn't really matter all that much though. I mean, you're not starting their tight ends. Um, I guess you could, but they're not that great of plays. Um, Eckler, Allen, definitely must starts every week. I don't care if, like, maybe the matchup doesn't favor Keenan Allen, obviously play him. Uh, and then, you know, Herbert is the one question mark. Um, you got to feel for the guy. I mean, like, there was so much promise heading into the season. I do think he was set up to have an amazing year. But when Mike Williams goes down, when Palmer goes down, Quentin Johnston's turning into a bust, or at least, like, a very slow-developing player, like, that stinks, right? You're losing like half of your production on offense to just garbage. And so when he's only got Allen and Eckler, there's only so much that he can do. So I think I'd stick with them. I think the matchup is good enough and the scoring production or expectation, I guess, is good enough to where I'd play him. Um, but yeah, I mean, tough. It's tough for him to like truly hit his ceiling only throwing effectively to two players. Sunday night matchup. Best game of the week, in my opinion. Eagles at Cowboys. 53-point total. Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Like, you never see it anymore. You never, ever, ever see 50. Like, 47 is usually the highest total of the week. Um, This year, 53 is just, you look at that and you're like, oh my goodness. So, play everyone, basically, on both sides. Um, For the Eagles, Check the status of DeAndre Swift. Um, he left after a big hit on Sunday, and I haven't really heard anything. I don't know what that means, but I haven't heard anything. Uh, so if he's out, Gainwell would honestly be viable as a streaming option, a spot start, running back two, especially in full PPR. Otherwise, Swift is a good play if he's playing. Um, but yeah, Goddard's expected back. I'd play him. I would play A.J. Brown, Bob Smith. Um, I would play Jalen Hurts, whoever's starting running back. I'd play them. Just play everyone on the Cowboys side. Play everyone. Play Dak. Play Pollard. Play Lamb. Play Ferguson. Get them all in your starting lineups. If you want to use Brandon Cook in the flex, Cook's in the flex, like, he's been good. Every week we say, hey, he's been playing great. He's hot. He's scoring touchdowns. If you've been rolling with him, like, why would you change things up now in a 53-point total in a matchup that leans towards wide receiver volume, you know? So it's like, he's still a great play. Um, Again, best game environment of the week. If there's a decision between two players, one's in this game, one is in any other game, play the person in this one. 
The first of two Monday night games that will kick off at the same time for some reason. I don't know why they, they would do that. Like, why wouldn't you have one of them kick off at like, I don't know, even make it six o'clock. I don't know. Like, why would you not stagger them? Like, don't put them at the same time. You can't watch both at the same time. Anyways, um, I guess you can. But point is, I would have started the, them different times. First game we'll talk about is Packers at Giants. Low 37 point total Packers, nine point road favorites for the Packers. Um, we'll see if Christian Watson is able to play. My guess is that he's not able to play, but I mean, I don't have a time machine. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, then if he's out, if he plays, it kind of muddies everything. But if he's out, Jane Reed, Romeo Dobbs, um, viable at running back two. You probably don't have to, or wide receiver two. You don't have to play him there though, right? Like the odds that you picked both of them up and now you're starting at wide receiver two. is like, what else did you have? Like flex is probably the earliest you need to play them. For those of you in like three wide receiver leagues, two flex leagues, you can probably play them at wide receiver three or in a second flex spot. And I think I would. I think they'd be pretty solid plays this week. Uh, Love is in that same consideration as um, Browning and Minshew. I prefer those other two just because of game environment. I fear that the Giants just fall apart, that they're not able to score many points against the Packers who have a pretty good defense, uh, and that that basically means that the Packers get up, not that they're scoring a bunch of touchdowns, but that, you know, maybe they get up like 20 to nine in the second half and they're able to run the ball a lot, play really slow, not be too aggressive on offense. And that just kind of limits the upside of Jordan Love. So personally, I prefer those other two, but they project similarly. You get either one. Um, other decision point would be the running backs. And it depends on Aaron Jones. If Aaron Jones plays, play him over AJ Dillon. Probably don't play AJ Dillon. Uh, if Aaron Jones is out, Dylan's going to look fine again as running back two, a volume-based running back two. Then for the Giants, start Saquon, bench everyone else. Final game of the week is going to be Titans at Dolphins. High, 47.5 point total. Dolphins, massive 13.5 point home favorites. For the Titans side, Derrick Henry seems like he's going to be good to go, um, but this does not seem like a Derrick Henry game, right? Derrick Henry does not perform well as a two-touchdown road underdog. Like That is not his historical split. His historical split is home favorite, right? When he's winning at home, he goes off. Other scenarios, he does not. Um, Titans, I would imagine, would fall behind pretty quickly this week. I would imagine he does not see a ton of carries. I would play Hopkins at wide receiver two. Um, the matchup is fine. Um, the volume is there. He's a good enough player. Like I would just play him at wide receiver two. And I think if I had Derrick Henry, I'd probably play him at running back too, just in the off chance he has a good game. Uh, but understand the floor is much, much lower this week for Derrick Henry. Then for the Dolphins side, start their studs. Tua, Hill, Waddle, Mostert, A-Chain. Get them all into your starting lineup. Bench everyone else. It's a great spot. High team total. Great players. Play them. So that is a look at how the week 14 rankings are looking right now. If you want to see my exact rankings and projections for every player, especially as news breaks, especially with injuries, check that out on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. Speaking of the site, um, as with every other year we've had, it will be completely free starting next Monday. So starting in the fantasy playoffs through the Super Bowl, 100% of the website will be free, whether you want to see the rankings, the detailed projections, uh, the advanced weekly stats, the running back wide receiver reports, you want to play DFS, you want to play, uh, you want to start a dynasty league, you want to like check the dynasty rankings, things like that, dynasty models, everything, 100% of the site, completely free, starting this coming Monday through the Super Bowl. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, hop on the like button, hop subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.